0: In the Pits is partnered with 71 Designs. Owned and operated by veteran Wade Martin and partnered with fellow Texas brand Compete, 71 Designs can take your ideas for soft goods, merchandise, and casual wear and make them a reality. Message 71 Designs on Facebook or Instagram to get started today. In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Follow Pod Runners Union on Instagram to find Strength in Union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with YI Paintball. Paintball, there's nothing like it. On the field or off, it's not just a sport. It's a community. The people, our people, come from all over with vastly different lives during the week. But come time for paintball, we're one community with a lot of stories about why. Follow YI Paintball on Instagram and meet the members of the paintball community. Learn about how they started, what their journey has been, and their ultimate why. Why paintball? What's your why? In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team, paintballfit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to Hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three Man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even Youth 3v3. There's something for everyone at XTPL not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XCPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Raps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these Golden Eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip. Engage. Excel. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get Dat Underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X Factor to take paintball players of all ages experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballcomite on Instagram. Welcome everybody to episode 79 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I am Christian Dallas Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans and this episode we're going in the pits with Isaac Barrow, owner of Paintball Nerd. Isaac, how are you doing this evening?
1: Good Christian happy to be here man thank you
0: and I shouldn't say evening because they're actually doing this at 11 a.m. I just got that it's it's my uh, my usual there but uh, well people
1: be watching it at night
0: oh for sure for sure but uh, glad that you could join us this morning Uh, it looks like uh, Dan Shelley's waking up with us here Uh, says Isaac the best (laughs) Dan's the man Yes, he is. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. So this first question is brought to us by XTPL Events. So for those listening that maybe don't know about you, how long have you been involved in the paintball scene?
1: Um, involved in the paintball scene? Well, I guess since 1998 is when I first got a job in paintball. Uh, it was San Diego paintball uh, in San Diego. And uh, that was... That was uh, That was what Velocity Paintball was. If you've heard of Velocity Paintball, before that, they were San Diego Paintball. So that's when I started working in the industry. I was a freshman in high school, but uh, I first learned about paintball in like 94, in fifth grade.
0: Nice, solid. Well, uh, it's been... uh, I I won't tell you what year that uh, I got into it, but uh, it was... And Velocity Paintball, back when it was San Diego Paintball, so if... You've been involved since then, since 98. What are some teams that you've played for over the years?
1: So my first team uh, was the Sitting Ducks out of Southern California. And then from there, I played with uh, uh, the Hostile Kids um, and Menace. This is before uh, Hostile Kids, HK Army was a brand. It was just like a bunch of kids that went out to SC Village. And then uh, from there, I played for a team called Flashpoint. And it was a five-man team that got picked up by Gary Shaws, which then we then formed Legacy. Uh, and then uh, after Legacy, we formed Platinum. And then from Platinum, I went to the Ironmen. And then uh, and when I've come back to Paintball, I started playing the 10-man events, which I play f- uh, with Aftershock and Cap Factory on those.
0: Very cool. I'm, so for those teams, Like, do you think... I mean, you've kind of been around a bunch of different formats. Like, what do you think as far as, like, which format do you enjoy playing the most? Um, do you, uh, like, what do you think of the current direction that we're heading in with, like, this X-Ball stuff and maybe even the 7-3 format that uh, the Major League debuted at Cup?
1: Well, I'm biased, right? Uh, so I'm going to say that I think that... that Right now, 10-man is the best format. If they had 7-man, I would say that that's the best format. Um, I think X-ball is an important format because what it does is it forces players and teams to uh, be at, uh, at, the highest, uh, at the highest physical level. They, they have to really hone their bodies. 10- uh, and 7-man is not so much like that. Um, so I think X-ball is important to really... Like, Push the envelope and uh, get get players uh, in their highest physical condition, but I think as far as capturing the true essence of what paintball is, uh, I do think that the seven man format is 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 the best, and ten right. man is a is a close second.
0: The true essence of what paintball is, like what I guess, what do you define that as?
1: So I would define that as big moves matter, sneakiness matters, putting everything on the line matters. So the example that I I would give for that is in an X-Ball match, you could make an amazing move for your team and win a point, and then your team gets smashed the rest of that match and you lose. The match. And no one talks about your great move because it's not it's not really consequential in that space. In a, a seven man or a ten man format where you need to make the finals or you need to make the semis, and it all counts in this one game, every move that you make and decision that you make in that game is amplified. The intensity is amplified because it's 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 win loser draw. You either come out victorious and you make an amazing move or you fall flat on your face and it costs your team the event the stakes are higher and when the stakes are higher, it's more interesting to watch.
0: Interesting. I, I think that I'm firmly on the other side of that argument. Like I, I'm of the opinion that you need more game time, more points that way. Like I, I think right now with every, like with how low the game scores are and every point mattering, like everybody mattering that much more, I, I think that what we're seeing is that it's drawing teams into playing like like scared to make mistakes kind of game where you're it's almost a like it's risk averse and you're not really seeing too many of those huge moves unless it's like you like Marcelo's move where he was kind of forced into that one on three or those multiple one on threes at cup, but those were reactionary versus proactive. And I think when the game time is low as it is, like it's all reactionary versus like players going out there and trying to, to bust the game open. So I don't know. I I'm firmly in the other camp where I think you need more game time and that will uh, incentivize players to make the, make the bigger moves because it's not as costly if you fail.
1: Exactly. It doesn't matter as much. Oh, I failed. Next point. Right? Mm-hmm. So you know. you're, amplifying what, you're amplifying what you like about what's happening right now in the sport by making it one game. Heck, you could make it two games. You can make it best out of three. You know, in seven or ten man. But really, you know, what you're describing that you like about the slower pace is exactly what seven and ten man is. But there's more players, so it's more exciting to watch. Because five man... My only thing exciting about five man is X ball. If it was just five man, it'd be lame. Mm. No, I agree with you there. You're entitled to your opinion. We all are, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. So,
0: uh, this question is brought to us by Skull Monkeys Paintball. So, tell us what got you into the game to begin with.
1: Uh, So, I was in fifth grade, and a bunch of kids, older kids, uh, came back with welts on them. And they had gone to this, you know, older kid outing for the school. And they all were coming back and telling me about it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I, I love the concept of it. You know, I had a rubber, rubber band gun and would love to play rubber band wars. Uh, so when I learned about paintball, I immediately became obsessed with it. Uh, I bought tons of magazines. I didn't have the financial resources to actually play the game at that point. Um, so from fifth grade to eighth grade, I was obsessed with the game, but never played. And then finally had the opportunity at a, at a friend's a birthday party in eighth grade, where his, his parents paid for everything. And then from that day on, when I played at his birthday party, I found a way to play. I would, you know, mow lawns, pick up leaves, paint fences, you know, do whatever odd jobs I could around the neighborhood to earn money to play paintball.
0: Love it. Another, uh, another birthday party kid. Uh, there's, yeah, uh, there's so many like out of, so this episode marks the year and a half period for the show. Uh, And out of all 79 that I've gotten on, I'd say probably at least a good 50 were birthday party kids. It's so interesting how that's like such a common like entry point for so many.
1: Yeah. So if you're having a birthday party, do it at the paintball field and let's grow the sport. That's that's how we do it. Obviously.
0: 100%, even if you're, uh, you know, it's not. Never too late to do that. So, even if you're celebrating yeah. your, you know, 35, go do it.
1: Absolutely. 35 is not old, people.
0: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So, uh, this next question is brought to us by Pod Runners Union. So, throughout your time in Paintball, what are some things that have changed within the scene, either for better or for worse, over that time?
1: Everything you know, everything has changed since then. I mean, there was no such thing as eyes in a paintball gun, so that's a, been a huge development. Is the the invention of anti-chop eyes? Uh, I believe Edo Kakala, Eggy, invented that, or at least made it mainstream by putting them in angels. Um, guns have become more technologically advanced. Uh, the formats have obviously changed. And I don't say anything for the best or for the worst. You know, it's it's all one big timeline, right? We're all in this thing, so changes are changes. They're not positive or negative. They just they add to our testimony of uh, of paintball eventually becoming mainstream and you know something that uh, everyone adopts. So, but yeah, the game's changed a lot. There's we could talk about that for hours.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially like from like the early 2000s uh, when you were playing professionally to to now I feel like it's just uh, almost well I wouldn't say unrecognizable but so much has changed that uh, it I don't know it's it's very different and uh, part of me is a little bit jealous that I never got to experience what paintball was like back in the early 2000s just because I wasn't old enough but uh, but yeah where we are is definitely a uh, uh, interesting and fun new direction.
1: We definitely have, you know, when, when you when you think in terms of bringing paintball to the masses, I think that we're doing a better job of that now than we ever have with GoSports. Um, and the quality of that production is impressive as well. We've never had anything like that. So being able to watch a live paintball tournament and have it covered the way it's covered, have Maddie Marshall commentating on games uh, in a live broadcast, We've never had that before. You know, we're the, we've only had that since you know 2016. So that's relatively new, and um, that's been a huge change, uh, a positive change, uh, the evolution in the right direction. So I think it can only get better from here, right?
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, just brick by brick, you know, step by step. But uh, brick we're definitely. Brick. We're definitely getting there. Uh, let's see. Looking at the chat real quick. Let's see. Uh, Verbal's in here. Eli Calvo says, uh, shout out West Texas paintball. Uh, right on. Dan Shelley's uh, saying, bring back sideline
1: coaching. Sure.
0: Mm, I, sure. Why not? Why <laughs> not,
1: Dan? Do some I, little, Do a little counter coaching. You know, if paintball gets big enough, eventually the crowds are going to be so large that, that crowd noise and people shouting is going to be unavoidable. Right now you have audience participation, they're choosing not to shout from the sidelines because it's this this rule. But if you want paintball to be mainstream and have it watched in stadiums, the crowd noise is unavoidable. But then it also kind of eliminates the need for sideline coaching because everyone's shouting at the same time and it's impossible to pull the audio from the right voice. So sure, bring back sideline coaching, but bring it back when there's a lot more eyes on paintball. I agree
0: 100% with that. I think the crowd participation is a huge, uh, huge thing. And uh, even my wife says it all the time. Like she would enjoy coming to tournaments more if she felt like that she could, you know, cheer and uh, participate from the sidelines, but she's always like scared to. Otherwise, we're, we might get a penalty for it.
1: You can cheer, you know, you can cheer and like hold up signs and stuff. You just want to avoid giving away field information, I suppose.
0: Right, for sure. Uh, let's see. Um, Brandon Ortega from BemRaps, uh, he's a sponsor of this show. He's in the chat, and his question for you is, what is your definition of a paintball nerd?
1: The definition of a paintball nerd is someone who's enthusiastic about paintball above all other things. Um, so, so a paintball nerd is just someone that loves paintball. You know, in, in within the industry, paintball ter- paintball nerd was a term that was used within the industry for our most favorite customers. I, most companies say it, like, oh, the paintball nerds are going to love this. You know, we make things in the industry for paintball nerds, the 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 enthusiasts of our game. So, so it's kind of a within the industry, paintball nerd became a, a term of endearment for our best customers. So, that's what it means.
0: All right, I love it. Uh, so now I would love to dive into your history as a player. So on right. your website, paintballnerd.com, you tell us about your history with the Los Angeles Ironmen starting in 02, and you guys won the NPPL Commander's Cup in 05. So tell us more about the experience of going pro in paintball at that time.
1: Well, you're asking about the Commander's Cup, and you're asking about going pro. So there's two questions here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just first talk about going pro. In the early 2000s, if you lived in Southern California and you loved playing paintball and you had the means to play, either by birthright or you created that means, it is your fault if you didn't go pro. Because Southern California was the most, the most fertile environment for paintball skill set growth. It is the most fertile environment for paintball opportunity uh not only as a player but as a career all the companies were down here uh the biggest companies jt was down here dies down here um and a lot of the professional players lived in southern california so if you loved paintball and you played every weekend uh it's like almost like you didn't have a choice if that was your path you're going to end up pro if you just stayed at it so you know, for me, I was I was obsessed with paintball obviously. So, I was going every weekend. You know, my sphere of influence is Southern California paintball players, which are a lot of pros. And Die was here. So, I got a job at Die too. So I, you know, it's basically like I'm 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 making these moves to put myself in a position where it's like almost like the result is inevitable. I have to really f up for, for it not to work out the way I want it to work out so um, it's a lot easier to achieve your goals in paintball if you're surrounded by those opportunities, right so that's what it was for me man, it was just like, kind of like almost like it was destined to happen because of where I grew up, it was just, I was just fortunate that I just grew up in the right place um So yeah, I started working at Die right out of high school, met the Ironman there. I was playing amateur at the time for Platinum. And because I had been working in the gun assembly area with Billy Wing building autocockers, I had a relationship with him. So he happened to watch some of my games at World Cup in 02. Yeah, I think it was 02. And he's like, hey man, you played that really well. Why don't you come try out? So, the opportunities came as a result of of it's just my environment, man. you know it, it really was, so I was very fortunate
0: and uh, <laughs> Southern California seems to be like just such a huge hotbed at the time, and i uh, i'm I'm curious if like I know currently Texas is often referred to as the mecca of paintball um and I would for those that were around for that kind of the heyday or what a lot of people called the heyday, which was like early two thousands paintball um, comparing like what's going on in Texas right now to then uh, and just seeing like what, what all is similar about it.
1: Texas right now is definitely the Mecca. I feel, uh, you know, you got a lot of teams there a lot of pros a lot of fields i think yeah i think texas right now is is what california southern california was back in the early 2000s there's just so much opportunity to play not only on the weekends but the weekdays you can go to paintball fit and play nightball you know there's no excuses you have all these opportunities to play paintball and and all these opportunities to get in front of professional players because a lot of them are there so i would say that in in a lot of ways the the texas scene is is uh it is the mecca right now it is you know it's kind of like the hotbed of of professional paintball
0: oh it uh we definitely feel it i mean we just got paintball fit promoted into the pro league and which makes i think five teams from texas in the pro league right now and uh you've got fit Austin Notorious, San Antonio X Factor, Houston Heat, and AC Diesel. So that's uh, definitely an impressive roster right there. And I think for sure for the for the looking back at what teams got promoted, I think three of the last four were from Texas because you've got Diesel. Then it was the Hurricanes who played divisionally in Texas uh, in the USXBL, and then. Uh, notorious and fit so uh, it's been we've been finally seeing like the fruit of the the labors of what's been going on in Texas
1: over the past five years yeah isn't it a beautiful thing to watch you know just paintball become really huge in your area it's got to feel good you know here in Tennessee it's relatively small you know there's not there are no pro teams here you know and uh, but I remember what that feels like Christian you know like you're excited every weekend maybe even a little bit on wednesday nights you know wednesday mornings so
0: definitely uh so this question is brought to us by bem Raps. so kind of talking about that that what everybody or what many people refer to as the heyday of paintball that early 2000s do you agree with that statement with the early 2000s kind of being the the biggest point in paintball
1: So when you say a lot of people say that, I, I, I would challenge that. I'd say that the people who say that the early 2000s were the heyday of paintball were the people that played in the early 2000s. And there's a lot of us left, so a lot of people are saying that, yes. Um, but the only ones that do say that are the ones that actually played that uh, <laughs> in the early 2000s. Was it the heyday? In many ways it was. Uh, that's where the, the heroes of our game were forged. Uh, that's when we had the largest amount of outside money coming in to the sport. You know we had balls, energy drinks, and we had Rockstar and we had Intel Dynasty had Rockstar and Intel. Um, but those were you know th- that was a lot of money coming into paintball and potential for you know outside exposure. Um, you know, th- being a professional in the early two thousands, on from a global pr- perspective, Seemed less attainable back then. It was a harder goal to hit, right? It was, um, and, and granted, I just said that you know I had all the opportunities in the world to become pro, and I did. So that's kind of an anomaly there. You have to be in the right spot, um, but just on a global scale, it was harder to go pro. Like it was more, it was more of an exclusive group. There were less pros, right, than there are today. So. Um, I think it was, it was the heyday for me. That's my truth, you know? Um, but you, you know, you look at it today and it's, we have things that we didn't have back then. Like we have, like I said, I mentioned Go Sports in the, in the live broadcast. We've never had anything so great. We had Head Sports and that was a VHS tape that you bought a few weeks after the event, if you were lucky, maybe months after the event. So, You know, every era has its positives and and its negatives and its it's things that are special to the participants in it. Um, For me, uh, the early 2000s is where I, I, you know, really earned my chops and became a professional paintball player. So that's the heyday for me. You know, that's when I was playing the best. I'm old now. So you know, for me, that's the heyday. And I get to experience that heyday when I go back and play 10-man events and get to see all my old friends and and, and play with and against them.
0: Oh, uh, you're not old. Uh, <laughs> you're definitely not old. I mean, you're, you're what,
1: 38,
0: 39? I'm 39. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I mean, if you've got I mean, most of Dynasty is uh, competing on the uh, the Master's division for team USA. so <laughs> I, I would say you're you're not old. Well, not most of them,
1: four of them. so you know, so uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate that, Christian. I'll take a <laughs> you're not old compliment any day of the week. Uh, I, I certainly feel old sometimes. I played paintball this past weekend at the farm in Tennessee. And uh, got a bunch of old guys out there. Uh, Brandon Perdot from Excessive uh, back in the day was out there. And we were playing some Storm the Castle and some Hyperball and, uh, and some Woods. And that was great. And uh, I'm a little sore today. And that's why I feel old. But, you know, I got a few miles left in me.
0: Love it. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. So as far as your... PB leagues profile goes. Your last pro event in the US was April two thousand six PSB Vegas, where the Ironman got second place. So mm. after so after that event, uh, you left the pro scene despite uh, working for Die at the time. So what was it that prompted you exiting the pro scene, like seemingly at the top of your game?
1: Well. I felt like I had accomplished everything that I wanted to in paintball. I didn't, at the time, have so much the dream of uh, winning multiple World Cups and things like that. Uh, My aspiration at the time was to play with those that I idolized growing up in paintball, and I had achieved that. Um, And I have a twin sister, her name is Grisha and she's you know looking back she's always kind of like presented opportunities that pulled me out of paintball and helped me build real life skill sets and then i go back to paintball my passion and then she's kind of you know presented an opportunity that made me consider leaving again and gain real life experience that's happened three times and every time i've come back to paintball with more to offer so in 2006 she introduced me to uh a, a broker, a, um, a mortgage broker. And, um, you know, I was starting to get to the age where I started to take finances a little more seriously. And, you know, paintball wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, it wasn't like I could support a family at the time doing that. So in 2006, I had an opportunity to become a loan officer and I took it. And for the next two years, I learned. I learned home loans. I learned how to, you know, sell home loans, and I learned about the mortgage industry. So, uh, so that's why I quit. You know, it was because I felt I had accomplished everything that I wanted to in paintball, and I, and I it was time to be a grown up, right, and find a big boy job. So that's what I did. I left paintball altogether, not just playing for the Ironman, but I left Die. Uh, and focused on a completely different thing outside my comfort zone, which was mortgages, which has taught me so much. Like uh, I have so many skill sets from learning how to sell mortgages that uh, it really worked out well. Because in 2008, when the mortgage industry crashed and uh, all the banks closed, um, I came back to die. Now with two years of of high level sales experience. So instead of going back to gun assembly and managing the, the quality control department and, and, and uh, building guns, they gave me a sales job, which was a lot, uh, you know, a lot better paying. So I uh, left, you know, left for two years, came back to die in 2008 with a sales job, and, uh, and it was because I left for two years to gain experience. And that led to them giving me a role in, in Taiwan to do international sales. So. To answer your question, Christian, uh, I left in 2006 to do mortgages. Big boy job.
0: Well, uh, one thing that you said there was you left to get some, some real-world experience, which um, I know that one of the other guests that I've had on the show, J.D. Lukow, who's the owner of Paintball Fit, he would definitely challenge you on. And I'm actually wearing a shirt right now from him. That, uh, one of his quotes, which says, uh, paintball is life, life is paintball. And uh, the idea there being that paintball has a lot of life lessons to offer in the game in order to succeed at paintball. There's there's so many things that um, like so many skills that you need to have, like uh, like time management and like the idea of working hard uh working uh with a team, uh planning for contingencies, uh, so many of those things that I know that he uh if he were here on this call, he would definitely be arguing for those.
1: Oh, and I would agree with JD one hundred percent. The challenge is in the real world, paintball, these lessons that you learn from paintball, they're they're not something you can put on your resume as experience. Well I have experience in this because I played three years of professional paintball. It doesn't go well if you're trying to get a job in corporate America. Real job and corp- you know, you know, corporate experience is what is what gets you jobs in corporate America. So paintball does teach you all these things, but it's it's uh, unless you're pursuing a job within the industry, it's hard for you know for people to see value outside of paintball, right?
0: I hear you there. Uh, so this question is brought to us by Paintball Kumite, which is uh, Colt Roberts' training regimen that he yeah, offers. So, uh, I I want to hear a little bit more about your uh, time overseas in Taiwan, working for Dai, doing uh, international sales. So, what was that experience like?
1: Incredible! Uh, that you, you learned so much about people and yourself and society and the world by traveling abroad. So, like I said, I came back to uh, I came back to Dai in 2008 after the mortgage industry collapsed. And I got a sales job. And after doing sales for a couple of years, I had the opportunity to do international sales in Taiwan. The catch was you have to move out to Taiwan. Uh, And that was a huge step outside my comfort zone. But ultimately, uh, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Um, You know, like they moved me out there. They moved me out there. They put me in an apartment. They paid for my vehicles. Like it was an opportunity of a lifetime. And I'll tell you what looking back on it, I, I, I just came short of squandering that opportunity. I almost did, due to my attitude. Um, and that's you know, a valuable lesson that I learned about living in the moment and, and just soaking it all in and enjoying yourself. Because the whole time I was there, the majority of the time I was there, I was homesick and complaining about the pollution and this, and that, and the food, and this, and that, and I miss home, I miss San Diego. San Diego is the greatest place ever. You know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty, and it certainly is in this case. You know, I felt, you know, after it's all said and done, I wish I was more mature going into that adventure, and I think I would have gained so much more. Uh, I gained an incredible amount. Like I said, I learned a ton about myself, and the world, and different cultures, but if I had just stopped. And really said to myself, look where you're at because of paintball. You live in Taiwan right now because of paintball. Enjoy this. I think I could have made a lot more of that. And so uh, the, the the big learning lesson for me was to, to live in the moment and really enjoy what you're doing uh, and make the most out of the experience. Travel, adventure, say yes. Say yes to everything. Try different things, eat different foods, eat something that stinks, do it, say yes. And, uh, and that's what the one year in Taiwan taught me, above all else, is to say yes to adventure. Did I answer the question? <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, so... so- so a little bit, I mean, about, about living in Taiwan, uh, you know, huge, huge, huge step outside my comfort zone. Culture shock is what we call that. Um, you know, everyone's buzzing around on scooters. Everyone's wearing face masks because the the air quality is so low out there. Um, nobody has tattoos really, unless they're criminals. That's not a stereotype. It's a fact. So, um, my, uh, you know, my tattoos were, worrisome to, you know, people. Uh, I look different compared to the people out there. So I had to kind of break down that wall. Um, I got to travel at least twice a month, uh, to different parts of Southeast Asia, going to different tur- tournaments in Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, the Philippines, uh, Taiwan. So that experience rocked my world and I'll never forget it. And I'm glad I have a ton of pictures from that um, uh, because it was, it was the, the time of my life. Even, you know, even though I didn't have the right attitude about it the whole time, it was still the time of my life. And I would recommend anyone, if you have the opportunity to go live abroad, outside your comfort zone, in a place that's completely uncomfortable, go do it and grow and be a better man or woman.
0: I want to ask you more about like specifically the paintball culture in Asia. Like we don't get very much, if any, like news or, uh, like media footage outside of like, uh, maybe some posts in the, in magazines. But other than that, I don't know very much about paintball over in Asia. So what can you tell us about the paintball culture over there?
1: Uh, you know, Christian, I probably can't tell you much about it now. I haven't been there since 2010, the end of 2010. Um, what, can I, what, what can I tell you about it back then was it was super enthusiastic. It was a growing sport. You know, people were really starting to, to, to get into it. Um, you know, paintball in the United States is it's still pretty much a wealthy man's game. You know, if you are, if you don't have the financial means to play this game, you're not going to be able to play it. It's just the reality of it. It's kind of like golf. You can't, you know, can't buy the clubs. You can't play the field fees, whatever. You can't play golf. It's an expensive sport. That fact is amplified in Asia. Um, wealthy people play the game in Asia because it's difficult at the time, it was a lot more difficult to get gear out there. So if you even had gear, it's because you had lots of disposable income. So, um, so that's what it was, you know, it was just really cool. And uh, the scene was growing. Everyone was really enthusiastic about a lot of camaraderie. I didn't see any fighting out there or anything like that. Just, you know, just people loving the game. So, I, I, I wonder what it's like today, You know, 13 years later. I'd love to go and see it, but I don't know what it's like now.
0: It would be uh, cool to get involved with. I know that I, I do have a listener from over there, uh, Nima Razavi uh, hits me up from time to time. Uh, I know that name. And I, th- I think he's connected with... Uh, he, I, I don't think he's a professional player, but he's. I want to say he's from Iran
1: and i know that name gosh and i forgot about him you just mentioned him he's asked me for a logo a couple times Nima. i'm sorry i just got reminded of it i owe you a logo i believe this is you that i'm talking about i'll get it to
0: you shout out to you Nima. so <laughs> so uh yeah looking so this next question is brought to us by why i paintball so after uh, 2011 at least looking on your, uh, from what I could do my research on online, uh, you left Dye and you seemingly took a long break from paintball in general. So what was it that made you leave and what was it that brought you back into it?
1: Yeah, great question. So I mentioned my, my twin sister Risha who's kind of presented opportunities that pulled me away and, and uh, away from paintball and, uh, and this was another one of those instances. She got connected with the guys from Flip This House a TV show about flipping houses. And they had a real estate education company that that taught you how to invest in real estate called Fortune Builders. And she's like, hey, you know, you just got done at Taiwan, you know how to go. You know, I, I think this opportunity would be a great fit for you. It's very lucrative. Check it out. So I did. You know, I decided to do it again. You know, paintball is always my passion, but you know, the 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 lure of a big paycheck got me again and the lure of a, a responsible a big boy job kind of got me again. So, uh, it got me for a while this time. <laughs> so it basically got me till COVID. So I was, uh, doing real estate investing education basically from 2011 to 2020, 2020. And, uh, and so I built a real estate investing business. I was working for Fortune Builders as a uh, a coaching director, uh, selling real estate investing education. And I thought I was going to do that forever, Christian. I thought that was going to be it for me. I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't passionate about it like I was with paintball. But the thing was, at the time, I never viewed paintball as as a vehicle to be able to support my family. Always just this hobby, this thing that I'm passionate about, but never something that's like, I'm gonna support my family with paintball. So so I was working with Fortune Builders and this is a seminar-based business, which means they market for a three-day seminar where you can learn about real estate investing. Hundreds of people show up to these seminars to learn. And then, you know, after the events, we continue to, to teach them how to invest in real estate. So when I say seminar-based, I mean, you need asses in seats to grow the business. COVID happened. Asses in seats were no longer a thing. You can't have these events, right? You can't have a bunch of people in a ballroom, in a hotel, this close together. It just doesn't work anymore, right? Killed the business. Fortune Builders is still around, but it killed the seminar aspect of it. Um, and me being a commissioned salesman, uh, I would sell coaching for real estate investing and I'd get commission off that. Uh, the opportunity to sell that coaching obviously dwindled up because no more asses and chairs, right? Couldn't get people to the seminars. So as a result, the money stopped coming in. You know, the high income in real estate investing education stopped for me. And then it be- I became less passionate about it. You know, I said, you know, this was great when I was making money, but now that it's, it's not that great, you know, I want to do something that I'm passionate about again. So, my guardian angel, you know, he's not really my guardian angel, but, you know, he really rescued me, is Brian Benini. Brian Benini, uh, he was the art director at Die Paintball, and he went off and formed his own company called Push. Named after his famous paintball movie *Push*, uh, that was uh, released in, I believe, two thousand, maybe ninety-six, something like that. Um, So, Brian Benini started *Push*, and he had Chris Lasoya working with them, and Michael Gilbert, and Matt Schuster, and um, and Miko Hootenan. And uh, I was talking to Brian. I went and visited the warehouse a couple times, and he had a need in sales. And I thought, you know, I got experience in sales. Let's, uh, you know, let's see if we can make this work. And I say, let's see if we can make this work. But well, really, really, Brian made it work. Brian brought me back into Paintball. He said, what do you need to do this? He made it happen for me and gave me a job at Push as general, general manager, which is a fancy title. Um, but really my responsibilities were everything because I would go to the I was the only full-time employee at Push at the time. I would show up, open up the warehouse, do all the the retail orders, do my sales calls, clean up the warehouse. You know, I was responsible for for everything. Um, so so Brian Benini is the man, dude. Brian Benini made it happen for me and got me back into paintball, but made it possible for me. Like he he's the one who who Really made paintball a career for me. He's like, "What do you need to do it? What makes sense for you?" And he like, he made it happen. And I know that it wasn't fully within his means to make it happen, uh, and he did it for me. So, so Brian Benini, I got to thank him for you know for bringing me back into the game because when I joined Push, that's when I got a fire to start playing again, and uh, and you know I got connected with the OG Ironmen who were sponsored by Push and started playing 10-man with them. And uh, that eventually led to playing with all my buddies on Cap and some of my ex-teammates on Aftershock. So, like, Push is where it all started, uh, uh, or restarted for me.
0: I love it. Um, and even even in the chat, Dan Shelley here says his first Angel was a Brian Benini edition one. So.
1: Oh my gosh, that's worth money. Does he? Do you still have it, Dan? Uh,
0: well, uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, man, uh, just get getting back into it. It's it's crazy how the opportunities sometimes just fall into your lap like that. Uh, within paintball, I kind of have a similar uh, experience with project. After I left, uh, after I left teaching in uh, June, I just got the call a month later from Archie. Uh he was like, "Hey, do you have an air tank so that we can test this gun that we put together? Also, do you want a job?" <laughs> and it's uh <laughs> it's been uh pretty great ever since. Uh let's see. Dan Dan's in the chat. He says he wish he sold it a long time ago on pb Nation.
1: Bad move. Bad move. That's a collector's item now. For sure. All
0: right, Uh, so this next question is brought to us by FU Athletics. So throughout your entire paintball career, do you have a single favorite moment so far?
1: Well, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. It's winning the Commander's Cup in 2005 with the men. So uh, that tournament was the first NPPL where the players from the NXL were allowed to play in it. So Chris Lasoya on Miami FEX started this, you know, <laughs> kind of like mutiny against the league. Like we're going to go play this. I don't care what you guys say. And it had this ripple effect. And now all the, the X-Ball players that were playing exclusively X-Ball were allowed to go play this event. And it happened to be the San Diego commander's cup in 2005. So there were a ton of teams for that event. And, uh, Bob Long and his team decided to enter as the Ironmen. This is a long dispute, you know, a long feud, a long rivalry. You know, Bob Long got mutinied out of the Ironmen. He started his own Ironman called Bob Long's Ironmen. And then uh, during the NXL, he was called the Assassins. Because Dai owns the rights to the name Ironmen. So the NPPL uh, Commander's Cup comes along and Bob Long registers his name as the ironman he beat us to the punch so uh we had to enter as the men and it wasn't a full ironman squad uh it eventually became one uh but it was at the time it was a hodgepodge mix of teams so we had me and billy wing uh from the ironman and catfish from the ironman and then from aftershock we had mike Paxson. Todd Adamson, Heard, Ryan Williams. And then we had Mr. U from New York Extreme. That's seven. And then eighth was Robert Scott. Robert Scott also played for the Ironman. So it was a, a mix of players from three different teams. And we didn't know who was on the team until the day of the event. You know, I remember I showed up and I saw Mr. U, and I was like, hey man, you playing this event? And he's like, yeah, I'm playing for the men. I'm like, oh, me too, bud. And he's like, oh, yeah, great. I think we got a really good shot of winning this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll see, you know. Uh, it was a stacked event, So, and we were a throw-together team, so it was like, we'll see. Uh, so uh, we were killing it. You know, there was, It was one of those events where we really couldn't do anything wrong. Like, we could have a horrible start, like get a late start, and you know our guys could like shoot. Like Poopy shot both of his own snake players. I was one of them. Uh, shot him in the back of the head, and then he shot Turd in the back, and somehow we still won that game. Like we could not do anything wrong. If we made a mistake, it ended up working out for us. Um, so go to the finals, and the only seven-man team that makes it to the finals is excessive. All the other teams were X-ball teams. Uh, you had us you had nexus which were, were the russians it's full of just russian legion players and then you had the ironman which was oakland assassins and then you had excessive which was the only seven man team so it was kind of a unique event because dynasty didn't make it in the finals and it was really weird uh like it was just there was a san diego event and they didn't make it and it was just like this kind of weird event um so we ended up beating excessive in the semis and we played the Ironman for first place best out of three. Um, and then we beat him two games in a row and won that event as a throw together team. And the, the sidelines, the the stands were packed. It was in my hometown, San Diego. It was with a, a bunch of friends that I didn't know I was playing with until the day of the event. And we dominated. We kicked everyone's ass, and is the greatest feeling ever.
0: It's just uh, something about that flow state whenever you get into it, and you're just like all, everyone's rolling on all cylinders, and and that's I I chase feeling. like I chase that feeling because I've only felt it a few times in my playing career, and it's something that I'm I I look for every time I go out and play, but it's it's rare whenever you get to it, and everybody who is listening that has been in that flow state, they know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's just like every everybody's locked in on all levels. Uh, but yeah, that's you know what a story there uh, to go up against the Ironman as well in the finals,
1: yeah, it was kind of the well, it was we had we had a kind of double whammy with that Christian because you know, excessive was forged in mutiny, right. So, all these excessive players used to play for the Ironman. And, you know, at the end of 2003, they left and formed excessive, which that sucked, right? Because Ironman had to rebuild. And it was like me, Billy Wing, and Eric Roberts, and Catfish, and Art De La Cruz left on the, and Matt Schuster was left on the Ironmen. And uh, that was it, man. They, they, you know, and I don't blame those guys. They had to do what they had to do, right? Um, but we had we kind of had two rivalries in in the f- in the semifinals and the finals, excessive in the semis you know it's like, and this is like their format or they're here to win it um and they all you know like they're all our former teammates, so it was felt really awesome to beat them at their own game, and they you know were our old teammates, and then you know the. The win against the Ironmen in the finals just had all this nostalgia to it, and all this history behind it because of the 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 controversy and you know the, disp- the dispute over the name, and uh, made for very odd commentating, right? The Ironmen versus the men—that's silly, right? And, and really, like the men are the Ironmen, and the Ironmen are Oakland assassins. So it was really weird, but awesome to to win in that context, you know.
0: For sure. And Dan's in the chat here asking uh, if that was still with the Die Angels, or had you switched over to the DM4s by
1: then? DM4s. DM4s, yeah. I think at that event, we actually had DM5s.
0: Ooh, there we go. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Mm-hmm. Machine guns.
0: So, let's see, looking... I'm going to look back over in the chat, because there's been a lot going on. Let's see, they were talking about... Uh, Verbal was saying, uh, in your comment earlier about paintball on Wednesday, uh, saying Wednesday is the best day because nothing hits like paintball in the middle of the week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was saying that when I was speaking with him as well. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, we used to play paintball a lot in, in Southern California, uh, during the week, uh, uh, weeknights, Wednesday night specifically, or it could have been Tuesday night. Um, but there was this place called the Adrenaline Zone in Murrieta, which was about, an hour and 15 minutes away from us in, in Southern California. So uh, it'd usually be me and uh, and Yosh and Oliver and Alex and Marcus and BC uh, and uh, sometimes Billy Wing would come out and we'd go play indoor pickup games. Uh, it wasn't actually an indoor, it was just it was like an enclosed soccer rink with, with like pea gravel on it. So it wasn't like in a building, it was just enclosed, uh, enclosed space. And we used to go down there Tuesday and Wednesday nights and just break up the week. And it felt amazing to come home, you know, after playing nightball and uh, knowing in a, in a few days it's the weekend and you're going to play paintball again.
0: And all of that makes me wish I lived a little bit closer to fit so that I could uh, experience that nightball. Uh, I, know,
1: I, know I know what it must feel like. I want to experience nightball too. I also, also want to play that fit mech X. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I can definitely recommend it. I mean, uh, XTPL, they are a supporter of the show. But uh, J.D. Luke Allen, he has created something truly special uh, for not just the DFW area here in Texas, but for paintball, like the entire scene nationwide. Uh, What he's done with Paintball Fit and with XTPL is definitely a model that uh, other field owners should look to uh, when trying to build their own communities wherever they are.
1: Field of Dreams is what they call it.
0: Yep, and it's well-deserved, too. Mm. Uh, let's see. Looking at the chat, anything else that I missed? Uh, uh, Dan Shelley says, uh, Pro back, back in the day also meant global travel. Yes, it did. Uh, let see what else is in here. Uh, Talking about Nightball. Let's see. Verbal says, uh, Nima, the Iranian paintball superfan. His love for paintball is unmatched. Definitely. Um,
1: Nima, if you're on, if you're listening, I, I, I remember you, and I'll get you a logo.
0: For sure. All right, so uh, this next question is brought to us by Hydra. So in 2021, mm. uh, you started Paintball Nerd along with Miko. So what can you tell us about, like, what is the mission statement of Paintball Nerd?
1: It, I didn't have one. I still don't have a mission statement, and I will say that the mission, actual mission of Paintball Nerd is, has evolved two or three times. Um, so I was working at Push when I started Paintball Nerd, and I originally started it as a creative outlet. I like to write, um, and that's what it was, I just, you know, I just wanted to have a creative outlet. And all I did was write blogs, and I, and I discovered I didn't like writing as much as I thought I did after I wrote five or six articles, and I kind of it didn't it didn't scratch the creative itch that I thought it would. Um. So. So you know, it it just kind of I just kind of stopped doing it, you know. Like, Miko helped me out a lot with the branding and. And he continues to help me out this day with the, with the direction and content ideas. Um, the logo came as a result of uh, my buddy Brandon Lambertson. He used to play for Infamous. Uh, I told him I wanted a logo that looked like the nerd emoji, you know, on your mm-hmm. phone, but it was wearing a paintball mask. And I, 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 he drew the, like the logo that you see here today. With the bow tie and everything, I th- like. I think he drew it like pretty much first try. Like first try, he sent it. I'm like, that's it. That's the logo that we're going with. Uh, and then, uh, and then Miko would help out, out with like, oh, write this article, this article, or here's this piece of news, release this. And um, after a few months, Christian, I just, I, 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 it just wasn't what it didn't turn out the way I wanted. So I kind of just stopped doing everything for a year. Like, I just stopped. Uh, and then about one year ago, today, I decided to do something with it. You know, I thought, like, Paintball Nerd's a really cool name, and, you know, maybe there's another way I can, I can reignite this and start, you know, like, start m- making things. Uh, keep making things. And I can have a creative outlet. Um, so I had moved to Tennessee from from california and uh i had decided that i was gonna just try something outside my comfort zone and make content because i do have a lot of relationships within the industry and i love talking to my friends and so why don't i just like make a podcast and maybe i can you know maybe i can take paintballnerd.com and sell some stuff you know make maybe i can make a little money off off paintball nerd and maybe I can use the podcast to market the store. So at that point, it evolved from a creative outlet into a potential business of my own in paintball, which is kind of a dream. You know, I've, I've worked for other companies for so long and contributed that thought, why not do something for myself? You know, it's got, got, got me on it, you know? Um, so at that point, I decided that I was going to turn paintball into a store, a paintball nerd into a store, and then I was going to use the podcast and news and reviews as a means to market that store. I had no idea at the time that the, the content was what really was going to make paintball nerd popular, not the store. So you know, now I've kind of realized that there are really good places to buy paintball gear, where you can buy from every single brand on the planet in one location, get free shipping and great customer service. These stores exist. And then I started to calculate how much, how much, how much resources it would actually take to compete with these stores. You know, just to, just to, for example, support my family. How much would I need to sell? Um, you know, at 30% margins, if you're looking to make a million dollars a year, you got to sell $3.5 million worth of paintball gear. And that's at a 30% margin, which is above average, right? For paintball. So I started to look at that and I thought, well, I don't have $3.5 million to be able to acquire the inventory necessary to make a million dollars in sales. So I thought, it's going to take a lot of capital to compete with lone wolf and ans and punishers and these guys that have been kind of grandfathered into it and you know have all the uh, you know decades worth of so, uh, um, search engine optimization and and all this you know so i focus less now on the store end of things i still have inventory from virtue and hk and field one and liquid paintball and push and infamous Uh, but I recognize that, uh, from uh, a shopping experience, people have better places to buy their gear. They really do. Um, because if you want something from a brand that I don't carry, you, you you're SOL if you're buying from me. So the people that buy from paintball nerd are just really buying to support me, the individual, because they like the content. So I thought the content is where it's at. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's really what it is. So. Paintball nerd has now evolved, and the mission for me is to create content uh, that people love in paintball. Content that doesn't exist uh, right now, and it's starting to. People are starting to make more of it. So um, that's what it is now. It's like it's it's me just kind of going with the ebbs and flow of a company evolving and and seeing where it takes me so right now paintball nerd is kind of like this media thing that i'm uh that i'm hoping will become much larger
0: and i want to dive into that much much more so this question is brought to us by 71 designs who's our newest uh, supporter of the show so when you started doing media you've put out a whole bunch of uh videos on product reviews news within the industry player interviews even like historical lookbacks and like updates on the like player roster changes so what's the experience been like diving into the uh the media side and creating like a very large amount of content like when you started just over what well, i think you said like pretty much exactly a year ago um like yeah. you've you've put out a ton of Content and a ton of videos since then. So, what's the experience been like creating it all?
1: Uh, trial by fire. So, uh, when I started, when I made the decision to start posting content, I didn't even know how to make a reel. I didn't know how to post on my story and put a link on my story. I didn't know how to tag anyone. I didn't know what hashtags were. Um, I knew nothing about posting on social media and. I mean, for the most part, I was a recluse on, on the internet. Like, I don't accept friend requests from people I don't know. I don't like sharing things. Um, I did not know how to use social media. But I had made this, this, the decision that I was going to learn. Um, so again, my sister, Risha, she uh, she currently works for a company called Brand Builders Group, and she has a lot of experience with helping people build personal brands. And I came over to her house one day, she lives here in Tennessee as well, and she gave me a crash course on social media. How to post on TikTok, how to post a reel, what is a reel, what is the difference between a reel and a short, and how, what are the lengths of these types of content, and where can you put them? Uh, so she taught me everything. You know, How do you put a link in your story to go, to go somewhere? You know, So I kind of just... Way outside my comfort zone, and is one, it was kind of like this one foot in front of the other type thing, not really seeing the full path. You know, it's interesting. There's a passage in the Bible that says, The word is a lamp unto my feet. And it doesn't say that it's a spotlight, it doesn't say that it's this huge bright light, it's a lamp. It only illuminates the first couple feet in front of you to take the next first logical step. Um, so that's what I did, you know, I kind of just took it slow. You can see the evolution of my Instagram page. You can see it kind of goes from not great to you know to to getting better to getting better. You can see the evolution of it. I haven't taken down any old stuff. Um so so yeah, my sister taught me how to use social media. Huge step outside my comfort zone. Uh I was recording the all the podcast up until recently with my iPhone and a vlogging mic that plugs into my iPhone. In fact, Christian, this is the first podcast that I've done with better equipment. I've got a better camera now. I've got a microphone. I've got lighting all around. Um, so uh, this podcast that I'm doing now is actually. You know it's part of the paintball nerd evolution and this is the first time that we're seeing an evolution in the studio uh the paintball nerd studio so um so what it's it's been it's been a whirlwind of learning skill sets and uh stepping outside my comfort zone and um and trial and error and thank god for the people that are in my sphere of influence thank god for uh, everyone within the paintball industry that supported me on this journey. You know, when I first started doing interviews, Billy Wing, Billy Saransky, uh, Oliver Lang, Yosh Rao, Alex Frazier, Rainey, Scott, Scamp, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Kemp, like, Crystal soya <laughs> I didn't have anything. I had nothing. And I'm like, do you want to do a podcast with me? And they, they just said yes. You know, they did it like the the people that put me I can't forget the people that put me on the scene because you know they they made it happen for me. Paintball Nerd was nothing and they decided to come on my show anyway, and it was because of them, you know, because of my guests that the following grew and it grew quickly. So, I got I got to thank everyone that supported Paintball Nerd early on and decided to come on the show.
0: 100%. Uh, and I I have a similar experience. Like it started out just hey, webcam and uh just a, a normal like headset with the headset microphone that wasn't all that great. Like listening back to like my first probably 15 episodes or so, you hear all this background noise, and mm. uh, it was it was an experience of of growth. Uh, but just shout out to uh, those that kind of helped me out to uh, in my very early stages, like Colt Roberts, like Jel Stewart um who else was on there uh thomas fust uh one of my teammates um uh carlos from get that shot uh, it was a big one uh just all these guys that helped me very early on and uh stuck with it and believed in it and also just all of the guests that have come on uh have been really cool like uh he, you know just the not just the pros but like all of the divisional guys the market uh the media guys the the vendors just everybody that's come on and this has been a steady growth and here we are now
1: love the community man it's it's really what makes it right for sure
0: yeah and verbal here is in the chat he says i was gonna say i don't remember the radio zizek voice when i was just on
1: verbal i got a new mic you see this I haven't changed my voice at all, but I have a better mic. You're used to hearing me on that little vlogging mic, so if I sound like I'm on the radio right now, uh, it's this technology. It's not my voice. I haven't changed it at all.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, e- Eli Calvo in the chat, he's saying now we can't see the autococker on the shelf.
1: That's a problem. That's a problem that needs fixed. I'm gonna lower. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring the autococker down just one shelf. Um, but normally, you know, when I'm when I'm doing my podcast, it's split screen. Right now, we have double widescreen, so I do double full screen, and uh, you you would be able to see the autococker on my show. Gotcha. So,
0: well, I uh, <laughs> I feel honored that you're debuting all this extra equipment on my show. Uh, so appreciate that.
1: Oh, my pleasure! Thanks for letting me test it out.
0: Uh, so this question is I'm um, looking in the chat. We do have a question from Eli Calvo. Uh, right. he asks, um, did so referring back to the, uh, video that you did with will ball for soup. Uh, yeah. did you, uh, was there any fallout or flack that you caught from, uh, being like in the middle of all of that?
1: No. Um, I think that's, um, for a little bit Scotty was upset with me, you know, uh, he felt like that I may have, um, prodded a little bit too much to get him to say things. And I think I did as well, you know, looking back on it and I told him going into it, you know, Scotty, we're going to put some people on blast. You know, I want you to deliver wheelball for soup. You know, I want you to do that. And normally his stuff that, you know, his content that he does is scripted out. So he says some crazy stuff, he reveals some crazy stuff, maybe some, pisses some people off, but he's not just kind of flying off the cuff and just, you know, sp- saying whatever. There, you know, he's not, he's usually filtered. Um, and w- on my show, he wasn't filtered at all. And, you know, that's, that's because I kind of pushed him in that area. Um, so the only fallout that I had was him kind of like, man, I'm catching a lot of flack for this interview. Um, and things that I've said within the interview. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's not my intention. He ended up losing his job at American Paintball Coliseum, which is definitely not what, what I would have wanted. You know, I, I'm actually a fan of Scott. Um, I think that he his character that he's created is super engaging to me. Like, I I kind of like look for like when he posts something, I click on it right away. Like, what did Scotty say? Um, uh, so, I like Scotty, and I know that he brings content that maybe, and breaks news that shouldn't be broken. But there's a demand for that. Um, but I, from from inside the industry, the only you know the only person that's really voiced any kind of, um, you know, challenges with that interview is Scotty himself, kind of saying, "I wish I didn't do it," and I'm like, "I I understand that."
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I hear that there. Um, so you looking in the chat here. We've also got uh, messages from uh, Last Row Lopez. If you know of Scott Lopez, one of the best hair in the game. Uh, if you head over, uh, I know he's a regular occurrence over on uh, Ryan Moffitt's show. He feeds them some of the extra questions. But he, he says uh, you guys should collab during uh, this upcoming season.
1: Great. Let's do it.
0: All right. So Easy. This, uh, so, for anybody who has not seen your channel or any of your content, what is one video that you would strongly suggest that they go check out?
1: Uh, I would strongly suggest that you search for your favorite pro player or industry leader. You know, search that name on my channel and and watch that. You know, because different strokes, different folks. There's different content for everyone. Um, what I'm most i would say that i'm most proud of but which isn't the greatest production that you'll see on the internet is my video for 10 man i kind of did this homage video for the 10 man format um which is the first time i've ever edited a video and made a video um so you know it creates feelings within me when i watch it about nostalgia and you know the olden days and the players that are playing 10 man um. so for me personally in my journey that's the video that i like to watch but just go to the go to the paintball nerd youtube channel and just search and and see what tickles your fancy something for everyone
0: definitely i think i uh, i've thinking back to the videos that i've seen uh, i think my favorite was probably uh Definitely one of my local favorites, Colt Roberts. Uh, big supporter of the show and, uh, yeah, big fan of him. So it was, it was fun to watch his video. I think he needs to do more Kumite sessions, I'll tell you that. But,
1: uh, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be one coming up pretty soon. to help uh, the local players here get ready for the uh, upcoming paintball combine, What's which is going to be at X Factor. So uh,
1: we got to make sure that we have a good showing there. Yes, sir. Get that Kumite online. Get it, uh, get it going. More, more paintball Kumite, Colt. 100%. Uh,
0: so uh, this next question, uh, and uh, Dan was asking this in the chat as well. He asked, uh, do you have anything on the horizon for Paintball Nerd that you can give us a sneak peek about?
1: Uh, this new equipment is the only sneak peek that I can give you regarding the gigantic announcement that I'm going to be making January 1st. Huge, new, exciting things are coming, have come to Paintball Nerd. um, And this upgraded studio is a tiny slice of that. Um, But basically what it's going to mean is more, more content, more of the things that you guys love to see. We're going to be doing more of that. and, uh, And that's all I can say at this point.
0: All right, big news there. So January first, uh, you've got a big announcement coming. Is that going to be on your YouTube channel, or how are you going to publish that exactly?
1: Everywhere, it'll be everywhere. All right,
0: January first. Unavoidable 1st. to
1: you. If you are on the internet, you will not. You you, you won't miss it. It'll be in front of you.
0: Perfect. So uh, be on the lookout for that uh, here in twelve days. Uh, we're, we're coming up on that
1: pretty quick. We're Coming up, yes, we are.
0: All right. So. Uh, this next question is one that I ask everybody that comes on the show just to help me. I uh, kind of get to know more about who's out there, maybe flying under the radar a little bit. So uh, this question's okay. brought to us by Get That Shot. Message him on Facebook or Instagram if you're needing media coverage for the 2024 season. He's going to be at the full series for NXL, also at the full USXBL series. Uh, so hit him up, uh, become a part of his uh, Get That Shot program. Uh, So, Zizek, is there, and and I know this question list that I sent you said Texas on there. I keep forgetting to remove Texas sometimes. But uh, so is there anybody in paintball, either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing?
1: I don't think anyone deserves more recognition for what they're doing. I think we all receive the allotted amount of recognition. Um, but something that, something that, you know, someone that I really want to shout out in Texas specifically is JD Lucal. Um, I think he's doing amazing things at the field of dreams, paintball fit. He's doing amazing things with his brand Hydra. His marketing is awesome. His, his team obviously is awesome. Um, and, and I think that they receive due credit for that. But I'd like to shout them out anyway because I love the the LuKow family and I love the contribution that they make to the the paintball community. So um, that's one thing I would say. Um, but other than that, Christian, I really feel that in paintball because it's so small, the the amount of credit that people receive is due. You know, we we you know we we're, we're all kind of clamoring for the same ears and eyes, and. Um, we're going to get it if we, if we, you know, have what the people want to see and watch and hear, right? Um, as far as players, yeah, I'll just shout out Fit, because they dominated, and that's dope. It's dope to see him just dominate an entire season, and, you know, it's going to be different in, in the pro division. Of course, they're going to they're gonna have their challenges, but uh, it's just exciting to see him dominate the way they did um i can't really think of any anyone else um i think that i think that the push goggle doesn't get enough recognition i'll say that here i'll say that i don't work for push anymore but i do feel like it's really the best goggle out there right now and not a lot of people know about it or wear it because you know Push doesn't make paintballs, and we can't like leverage deals. It's like we got a goggle and we got some gear bags, and it's like getting someone, uh, especially a, a pro team, just to wear our goggles and not have other companies with other product come in and say, "Well, wear our goggles so we can give you the other things." You know that's difficult. So um, I think that more people should try push goggles if it's not conflicting with their sponsors and see how good they are.
0: All right, love it. Uh. See in the chat, Eli says, uh, Fit Fam. Yeah, shout out to the Fit Fam. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, see, uh, Patty Rice in the chat is inviting you to come out for a Mech X. Uh, they've announced their full schedule for next year. So uh, yeah, just slot it in there. Yes. And I, I want to say that uh, the Mech X, they're doing like an event every month. So there's definitely lots of opportunities.
1: Yeah. It's it's
0: yeah. I'll make it.
1: I'll I'll get to one. All right. I'll get to one.
0: There you have it. So uh this final question is brought to us by Compete, which is Gel Stewart's brand. Message him on Facebook or Instagram. Mention in the pits for ten percent off of your order. Uh especially great if you're looking for uh new jersey or gear package for next season. Uh just mention the mention the show, get ten percent off. So as Isaac thank you so much for your time do you have any last shoutouts or things you'd like to say before we sign off
1: Uh, yeah I would like to thank Brandon Lambertson for uh, drawing the logo I'd like to thank Miko Huttonen for all the guidance that he's given me in creating paintball nerd I'd like to thank Brian Benini for getting me back into paintball and being supportive of me as I worked on paintball nerd while working at push uh, I'd like to thank Chris Lasoya for all the advice that he's given to me in starting paintball nerd. I'd like to thank Darren Sasania at go sports for giving me an opportunity to make content all this past year with go sports and, and promote paintball nerd at the same time. Uh, and I'd like to thank Dylan Fout for, uh, for helping me make amazing content and making paintball nerd look great you know, all the event that you guys see, or all the content that you guys have seen at events that I've done this year, has been because of Dylan Fout following me around with the camera, and then going back into the the studio at the tournaments and making a piece of content out of it in real time. He's incredible at what he does. So, you know, all the all the success that Paintball Nerd uh, has experienced is not it's not because of me. It's because of uh, everyone that's that's chosen to support me in and do so in such amazing ways i'd like to thank my sister risha for teaching me how to use social media uh, when i decided i want to make a social media company uh, and i want to thank you christian for having me on your podcast uh because i don't get to do uh, i don't get to be on the other side of the mic so to say uh, very often so thank you to you
0: well thank you and uh yeah shout out to all of uh Zizek's shout outs there uh I mean, without y'all, we wouldn't have the paintball nerd and uh, just a huge impact on the scene as a whole. So I uh, appreciate everything that you're doing and that you've done for paintball, both as a uh, as a player and as a as a uh, industry leader and now as a media person. So uh, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see uh, your announcement come January 1st.
1: Cool. Thanks, Christian.
0: All right. Thank you, Zizek. And thank you, everybody online for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Zizek at Paintball Nerd on Instagram. Uh, What other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on YouTube.com slash at podcast. And recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. I want to give some shout outs of my own to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon. Fu Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, Bem Raps, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YI Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, Pod Runners Union, and 71 Designs. So uh, everybody listening, I hope you have a uh, Merry Christmas for all that celebrate. And uh, we will see you next Wednesday for episode 80. We're going to have Scotty West, who is the owner of The Stuff Salsa. He is a... Uh, fan favorite here in Texas brings his, uh, salsa to all of the events here and, uh, slings it. And it's, it's definitely some, some good stuff there. So we will get him on to close out the, uh, 2023 calendar year. We will see you next week. Zizek. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Christian.